All right, good morning. Sunshine is beautiful outside today. Lots of things to praise the Lord about. So stand with us as we sing, Come, Now is the Time to Worship. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to Confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. So come, now is the time to Cross Point Baptist Church, right before Andrew has you stand again. Uh, you ever wonder, we call that spiritual calisthenics on Sunday morning. We have you up, down, up, down. But it's good to see uh, everybody here. It's good to see people ministering as well. Every believer is to have a ministry. Amen? What's yours? Well, that's a question that you have to answer between you and the Lord. If you're like, you know, I'm in a spot where I know I need to be doing something for the cause of Christ and you don't know what or like I don't know my spiritual gift how's all this work I would encourage you just to contact myself Pastor Roger and let's have that conversation now why why is that because we need you to do more work 
We don't, we're not here to use people to gain things. We want to use things to gain people for the cause of Christ. So it's good to even have different ministries that are going on. We have the Andrews sisters up here. Tom Burdett joined the praise team. It's good to have him. Might be his last time up there. But we want to, we want to uh, uh, be here on purpose today. You know, I'm going to be honest for just a moment by way of a welcome and then we'll get our attention fixed on him. You know, as I was reviewing things this morning, I got up early. I, I really felt in my heart of hearts, and this is just being honest. Sometimes you feel like you're just going through the motions. And it, you can get by with that at work, perhaps, or something like that. But, you know, when you're in the Lord's work, we're in ministry, we're in this relationship with him. Faking it till you make it is not going to work. You have to be honest and genuine before him. And you know, my prayer was this morning was this, Lord, I'm going through the motions and I know you know this. I'm letting you know that I recognize it now. He, he, he already knows our hearts. We're going to see that here in just a little bit when we open the scripture. So here's, here's the encouraging part. Here's the welcoming part for you. He knows your heart. And you hear that, and it may cause you to fear a little bit. It may cause you to go, well, I can't do anything right. He, by, by the Lord knowing our heart, the Spirit knows our heart, He doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to stay there. When you, he wants us in that proper relationship with Christ, proper relationship. And then religion can be moved aside, and you're in a relationship. And He empowers, He strengthens. Everything that this world's looking for is found in Christ and in Christ alone. So we'll be covering those topics here in just a little bit. Hopefully you have a worship folder with you. March is now officially here. Next Sunday is Daylight Saving, so we'll be springing forward. And um, uh, so as the weather's here, the sun's out and all that, it gets us kind of excited. But we have a lot of activities as well. Brad will be talking about those toward the end. Volleyball is coming up. Tonight we have election of officers. All kinds of, of uh, uh, grief share starts. So all kinds of activities, but again, those are ministries, not just activities. So let's, let's pray this morning, ask the Lord to meet us right where we are, but not leave us here, to, to help us, to, to move us forward for his, for his kingdom, for his cause. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Some of the best prayers in the Bibles are the ones that really don't have a fancy introduction they're just calling out to you like Peter when he was on the water and he called out to you. He did not have time to approach you with a proper introduction. Now, we have that availability and time, but Lord, the point is we need you just as much as Peter needed you that day. We need you just as, just as sorely. I pray that we would have the eyes to see and the ears to hear your word today, that you would move us towards your goal, towards your uh, expectations for us as it relates to the cause of Christ, to the cause of Cross Point Baptist Church. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, into this room, into our hearts. We invite you, Christ, to be at the forefront of our mind. And we invite you, dear Father, the perfect planner, to uh, continue to work your will, your way in our lives. And we don't want to use these terms lightly. This is an earnest prayer that we would be your children 
and you would be our God. Bless this time frame we're about to spend. May you be honored, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we continue in worship with 10,000 reasons? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship Your song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship him Your holy name. 
I will worship your holy name. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. hides his lovely face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand. His oath is covenant in his blood. Support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. be close, close to your side, so heaven is real, and death is a lie, I want to hear voices of angels above, singing as one, hallelujah, holy, holy, 
want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world, hating the dark, want to see dry bones, living again, singing as because of you, not ourselves. You've given us 10,000 reasons. 10,000 reasons doesn't even begin to explain how many reasons you've given us to worship you and you alone, God. You are eternally worthy, the self-existing one, Lord. You didn't eat us, and yet, out of your great love with which you loved us, you not only created us, but, Lord, you also saved us from our sins when we were your enemies. You died for us. Lord, please be with Pastor Scott this morning as he brings your word. Lord, be with our hearts. May we be attentive to your word, God. May we see you clearer as a result of our service this morning. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Before we open the Bible this morning, there's a couple things I'd like to make reference to, uh, all of which are good, exciting things. One is Facebook told me, not, not that I'm on Facebook, I get these little blurbs on email, like whatever, uh, that it's Dave Taylor's birthday today. So somebody take him out to lunch after church, if you would, I'd appreciate that. Dave, we won't make any references to your age or anything like that. Good to go. Never want to point you out and make you feel embarrassed or anything like that. But it is his birthday today. So 
uh, we want to wish him a happy birthday. And uh, I also wanted to share, um, uh, many of you know that over in the middle of the week, we had a lot of things happen here at Cross Point Baptist Church. I was able to, um, Carla and I was able to leave on Tuesday and go to Fredericksburg, Virginia to pay our broker, pay him the remaining balance. So um, we left on Tuesday morning and uh, it was a beautiful, like you kind of get going and, and I don't mind driving. I like to drive. So we're driving Carla, not so much, but um, we're traveling and, and we get to see some country we hadn't seen before. And there is some lessons here. There were some blessings here. But I, uh, as I'm building up to the moment when we got to actually pay the broker off. So the blessing that I had was I got to contribute to the state of West Virginia by way of a toll booth. Coming and going, that cost me $16 uh, on a road that I'll never see again. But um, uh, that state, West Virginia, so we, we traveled out 32 and, and took 35, and we got to see some beautiful country out there. Um, I think that state is one big mountain, though. It's all it does is this, up and down. And we traveled, and we eventually got to um, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Now, uh, I'm not a history buff, but the, the more older I get, the more I'm like intrigued by history. Wow, this little town we were in, Fredericksburg, actually it's not that little of a town, but it, um, full of history and all those things. But unfortunately, we got there uh, Tuesday night and we were in the historic district. So we got to do a little walk, see some the train, like they used to have old timey whistle stops, Revolutionary War stuff and Civil War uh, uh, history it was good but we didn't get to spend a lot of time but that's not why we're there anyways so that uh, Tuesday was traveling and then Wednesday I uh, Wednesday morning I had planned <coughs> to meet with our broker now I want to set this up so you can fully embrace um, your part in this as well so Tuesday morning at nine o'clock I met uh, the president John Berendino and then we had set it up to where we were not going to tell the broker who I was dealing with and kind of surprising so I got there, got to the, uh, their office there, and as I'm walking up, I'm seeing this really nice, shiny black car known as a Tesla. And I'm like, that's got to be the president's car. I can just feel it. You can feel it, right? So we walk in, and, and he says, Scott, I'm glad you're here. I said, man, before we do anything, I got to ask, is that your Tesla out there? He goes, that's my Tesla. <laughs> Handed me the key. Handed me the key to the Tesla. I said, bro, I ain't driving that thing because I, I, I will not come back. And, uh, and then the broker came out and uh, was for the first time I got to meet Scott Obenheim is his name and, and, and the president there together. And they so it was a surprise to Scott. And he's like, all right. And got the and I shared with the company that the reason I, we made this drive in. And, and we was only there for, I was only with them for about two and a half hours and we drove right back because we had other things to do back here. But they, we owed them more than just an impersonal facts and figures and numbers. I, I could have mailed the remaining balance of $3,000. I could have mailed that. But I, I shared with them that our church, and I shared this story more than once with them, that our church um, uh, wants to thank you, Scott, personally for not giving up. When, um, I, when I first hear, heard, you know, remember the story, when I first heard the, the initial 
this bank's not going to lend you the money. You know, I was, I couldn't believe it. I was devastated. But he didn't give up. He, in fact, he had more faith. He had more stick to than I did at that moment. And because he pushed to where, uh, like he did, we were able to um, uh, be able to refinance. Why am I telling that? That's why we were so aggressive. I made it a goal for our church to pay this broker off in a year, 12 months. And remember, he cut the, the, the initial fee was $30,000. They cut that in half right out of the gate to $15,000. He never once had to call and say, hey, you making a payment this month or anything like that. We sent them a minimum of $500 a month. We, we gave them above and beyond that as we could. Of course, with our HVAC system kind of going down in December, it kind of slowed us down. So we, we were able to pay them off in about 15 months. And now uh, these guys are like, well, let's, let's go out to breakfast. So we're in the Tesla. And uh, first time I was ever in a self-driving car, and, um, which I, since the president's not here, I'll go ahead and say this. The self-driving car, I felt safer in it than when he was actually in control of the things. Um, he was all gas or all brake. And uh, we went to a, a, a little diner they have there. I had some cheesy grits. All right. A lot of cheese. A little on the grits, but a lot of cheese. And uh, cheesy grits. And th now they're asking me, they're like, so y you didn't fly in? You, you drove like eight and a half hours, and now you're going to leave here and, and drive back? And I, I said, yes. And they kept saying, why would you do that? The president's. And I shared the story again because of what we owe this to you guys. This is an, we want our church is is one of character and integrity. That's what we want to be. We don't want to be impersonal, uh, impersonable. And um, that started to sink in on them a little bit. Like, man, we wish we all we worked churches we worked with were like you. This Cross Point Baptist Church, because we know that you're good for your word. And I could see the excitement and the relief in their faces and in their voices. Um, to be able to do that. I was blessed to be able to, fa to be the face of Crosspoint to be able to uh, share that as well. So they were very much uh, receptive and, and, and hopefully we'll never need them again, but we do have a partner if we ever need one in the future. So I was excited that is one debt that we have been able to pay off in 15 months that we will not see again. Isn't that great? Just let that digest. Not... We'll kick it down the road. It's gone. I love when we're able to pay things off. Well, on the way back, I want to tell this portion of the story because there's a great illustration for us here. On the way back, where uh, it, it was actually at one point, it was 60 degrees. Sun was out. I'm like, this is all right. I can do this. And the closer we got further east, the weather, it, it got colder. So eventually, uh, it started raining on the West Virginia Turnpike. It was raining so bad. In the fog, we couldn't see from here to the wall um, when we're driving. And, and, and when you can't see the road, you get a little bit more um, tight on the steering wheel, don't you? Maybe we, we got our foot on the, the brake as much as the gas. We're just a little nervous. Why? Because we can't see what's coming. I, I don't know what's coming. And there's a, a line between being cautious and being fearful. I was cautious. Carla was fearful. It was a good time to be in the self-driving car, actually. And so we, we dealt with the fog, and then we hit rain. 
and and it's a two lane highway at points and there's semis all around and it was raining so hard that we couldn't see very far in front of us at all. Cautious and fearful. Doesn't that describe our life at times? When, when we can't see what the future looks like or what the outcome is going to be, we can, it, we can become fearful when we should be going walking circumspectly is how the Bible puts it. We're to walk our life very carefully, planning, being circum, uh, uh, carefully, honoring him. But you know, at the end of the day, what do we do as believers when we're in those type of situations? We're driving and it's snowing and it's raining. We can't see the road and there's fog and all that. What do we do? We pray, don't we? You see where I'm going with the illustration? In our life, things happen that can cause these, I can't see the road, I just can't, I, I don't know what's next. Reality is, as a believer, not only does he have a plan for his children, he also has the power and the providence to take care of you and I today. I want to share with you a doctrine today. I well, was thinking about what to preach as the week was moving forward, and I realized we hadn't really hit a doctrine for a while. There's eternal security, there's, um, well, there's all kinds of doctrines. And I decided to teach. Now, listen to what I'm saying here. I want to, this is more of a teaching today than a preaching, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> and, and it's about the Trinity. The Trinity. What's the big deal? Now, there's several groups of people in the room today that would hear this topic and go, yeah, I need to know about that. I don't, I don't know how it all works. I don't know how that, uh, we've heard the term. Um, uh, I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the information I need. Okay, pastor, teach me something today, but keep it snappy. The other type of person that may be here is like, why do I need to know this? I mean, I've turned from myself, turned to the Savior. I'm saved. I'm good. I have my fire escape, fire insurance, right? So why do I need to know this? Apathy kind of can kick in. Why do I need to know the things about Trinity? But the third group that's here, and I hope that you're, you're here today, that as we start teaching this, you're going to see, you know exactly why you need to hear this. Because when you understand the Trinity, and, and not fully understand it even, but even, even start to understand it, you're going to be taking steps closer to the Lord and you're going to learn who he is, who his character is, how it, the form and the function of how God works in our lives. Even though I don't think we can fully get our arms around it, but you start to understand who he is. We always want to know what God's up to. Don't worry about what he's up to. Just learn who he is. Just, just get close to him. And all those other things will start to line up or push aside. The word Trinity is not a, bi not a word that is actually in the Bible. Um, it doesn't appear there. We, we employ this word uh, mainly in the second century, century to express this doctrine that grows out of biblical texts, grows out of biblical thinking, and it grows out of systematic teaching of Scripture as well. There is same, some big fancy words I could use as we talk about this. But when we start opening Scripture, I hope that it's bookshelf level. I hope it is. I hope that the words don't become in the way of the message that's trying to be conveyed.
I do want to, by way of introduction, share this, and then, then we're going to get right into the New Testament, um, uh, contribution to the New Testament to the Trinity. And it's this, that even though the, the, the New Testament contains no explicit statement on the doctrine of the, 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 the triune, the three, the triunity of God, it does contain a great deal of evidence and in two areas. Here they are. One, one insists that there is only one God. The Bible in the Old Testament, the Bible in the New Testament tells us that there is but one God. Not many, not pantheism, not polytheism, or any kind of isms you want to put on the end of it. The Bible says, see, the, the, the word says, the scripture says there's one God. Now you may think, Pastor, I got it, we're here. What, why, are you, why are you mad at us? I'm not mad at you. What I'm frustrated with is the world that would say and lie and manipulate to many people in your workplaces and in areas of influence that would say, we're all just spokes in a wheel. We're all pointed in the same direction. No, we're not. We're not, not if we're going to live according to the word. The second area that has great influence, especially in the New Testament, it presents a man, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit who both claim to be God. Okay? So to emphasize the oneness while disregarding the threeness, it ends in Unitarianism. To emphasize the threeness while disregarding the oneness leads to tritheism. Well, to accept both will lead you to the triunity of God. Now that's the big college terms. Let's make it Claremont County level. Can we do that? Because I'm just a simple person. And I'm grateful for a word that speaks to us just like that. So if you will, open in your Bibles here um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. On the screen, there were, um, there's going to be a lot of scripture. Now, why are we doing that? We don't always put up uh, the bulk of the scripture, like a whole bunch. Because as we look at the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and different attributes of God, you're going to see these same attributes in the Father, in the Son, and in the Spirit. And I want you to be able to, to get around in your scripture rather quickly. And at one point, I want you to hold two portions of scripture open at the same time. Now, you can do that if you have a hard copy. It may be a little challenging if you're using an electronic device. I get that. So the scriptures will be on the, on the screen today. Hopefully, you're able to navigate in the form that you use there in your hands. But I want you to look at the contribution of the New Testament as it relates to this topic of the Trinity. Right now, the evidence for oneness. How can three be one? And there's all kinds of bad examples that we use that really don't fulfill it quite that well. Um, uh, but, but if you look in your daily life, you'll see it. For example, I'm a husband to my wife. I'm a father to my children. I'm a friend to Pastor Roger, right? So I'm, I'm three, but yet I'm still me. Um, uh, we see these examples, and, and there's all kinds of other illustrations. But I want you to see this. First is the oneness of the three. Like the Old Testament, the New Testament also insists that there is only one true God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Again, this isn't, I don't, do not desire this to be rapid fire in the scripture. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, 
we're trying to, to, to get our, our spiritual arms around this topic. Why are we doing this? One, for the person who's apathetic today going, why do I need to know this? Because it's in the Bible and because it's how you get to know God is when we understand his word. Two, because maybe you've never heard it before. Three, because at the end of this doctrine, you may find yourself going, our God's good. Our God's big. Our God's powerful. That's where theology will lead you. I love it. It's not the, the $40 words that, 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 that uh, put the believer in awe. It's his presence. It's the realization of who he is. It's the realization of his attributes. So 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4 through 6 reads like this. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God. Say one God. The Father of whom are all things, and we for him and one Lord Jesus Christ. Say one Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we are all things and through whom we live. Ooh, man, I wish I could park on the back part of that verse 6 right there. All the things that we, we get to live our life. Galatians, oh, I just read this the other day in Galatians, how I am crucified with Christ, but never the, nevertheless, I get to live. Why? Because Christ lives in me. That dovetails with verse 6 perfectly. And the one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have all things and through whom we get to live today. Well, we see that the, the Bible in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4 says the same thing. James chapter 2 talks about one God. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 uh, says there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Now you may be thinking, Pastor Scott, you, you quote that verse like a lot. Why do you quote that verse so much? Well, that verse spoke very directly and clear, clear, clearly to me several decades ago at this point. I was in the old building, and we had a class called Silent Word. Myrtle Malone was teaching that class. And up on that classroom, she had wooden frames of Scripture. And I would periodically go in a room just to kind of get away and to study and to look or do a quiet time. And, and as I was doing a quiet time, I kept looking at that picture frame and that verse in big font letters was just screaming out to me. And it was so simple. It was so direct. See, it wasn't complicated, was it? It was simple. That verse really spoke to my heart more than just in an intellectual way. It didn't, it didn't just speak to my mind. It spoke to my heart. For there is but one God. There's not many. There's but one. And one go-between, one mediator between God, man, the man, Christ Jesus. And guess what? I'm his and he's mine. There was nothing complicated in that scripture. It was just a reality for me that day. We don't go to the Bible to escape reality. We go to the Bible to find reality. Oh, there weren't enough amens right there. You don't believe it. You do not believe that ver what I just said right there. You go to the Word, it, does it have all things that pertain to life or does it not? 
It does. So when we go to the word and it speaks to your heart, it's speaking life in your life. In the context of teaching about idols, that's what's going on here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul states directly this truth that there is but one God. Though some of these Corinthian believers recognized these idols as false, they still held on to them. You got things like that in your life? Like you don't believe it, but you still kind of hang on to it? I'm going to give you a bad example here. Actually, it's a good example, but there was a point in time in my life, Pastor Rick was there, when I had given my life fully over to the Lord. I said, God, I, I, Lord, I just want to be all yours. I had given everything, but I held on the one thing I kept in the closet. And Pastor Rick and I would talk about it. We had this in common. We liked music. The louder, if, it ain't, if it's too loud, you're too old was our motto, right? We liked it. And it was a lot of what now is classic rock, but then it wasn't so classic. It was kind of, yeah, just rock. And, uh, and, and we would talk about it. And, 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 and some of the lyrics, though, and some of the things, and, and show you the dateness of all this, it was all in cassettes, right? So I, um, I decided we had a, a teen thing. This would have been early 90s. And I said, you know, Pastor Rick, I'm going to let, I need to let this, why am I hanging on to this? I don't know why I'm hanging on to this, all these cassettes. I, don't, I just don't know why. I said, he didn't, he didn't prompt me to it. I said, I'm going to, I need to let that go. Well, we had a bonfire at church at night, so I, I brought the, all those with me. And what I thought was going to be a very special moment for me, like, Lord, you're going to be so proud of me. Holy Spirit, you're going to love me so much tonight. I'm giving up the last thing that I know. I, I've, I, I don't want anything to have a pre, uh, to get in my way of my relationship with you. So I threw these into the fire. Yeah, it wasn't a very special moment. You know what happens when you burn cassettes? Black smoke filled the whole area and came right back at me. When I was looking for a special spiritual moment, right? Instead, I probably got lung junk. So, but I was holding on to things is the point. We do that in our lives. We do it in our hearts, idols of the heart. Perhaps pride is the greatest offender. Well, the, the New Testament revelation is limitless, and here are four areas that we're going to examine, four areas. One, the triunity or the trinity and the names of God. So this is where we're going to start picking up speed here. We're going to start talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as it relates to the New Testament Scripture. The divine titles un unarguably name the Father. The Son is also called God in John 1.1. Andrew asked me, Andrew Bovey, he said, what are you preaching on? I said, the Trinity. He's like, are you going to go John 1.1? And he quoted, and I said, no. And here we are quoting it. John 1.1. So, uh, how that the Son is also called God, the true God in 1 John chapter 5. The Holy Spirit is also called God in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 through 9. The complete designation for God in the New Testament is seen in the Great Commission. Here's what I want you to do. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, 16 and 17, and kind of hold your finger there. And then I'm going to have you do Matthew 28 
and verse 19. And hold your finger there. So I want you to kind of hold it like this. If you get hot, you can fan yourself off that way, see? Matthew chapter 3, in verse 16 and 17. Again, this is an expository. I just want to point out different aspects of the scripture. And then I want you to hold in your, in your place there, Matthew 28, 19. Okay? Here we go. Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, When he, meaning Jesus, was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. You either are seeing this for the first time, or you've seen it a bunch of times. Right here at the baptism of Christ, you see the Trinity, all three in one. You see the, the, the Son being baptized. You see the Spirit descending like a dove. That's a simile. It's like, right? And then you hear the voice from God from heaven. Now, some would say there's no such thing as a trinity. Explain that. Uh, God played a mean trick if there's no such thing as the trinity. He would have had to have thrown his voice. He would have had to been a, a spiritual ventriloquist, if you will. Uh, but yet you see all three. Turn with me now to Matthew 28, verse 19, known as the Great Commission. Look at what we are commanded to do. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he not only gave us, uh, we see an example, but he gave us a command as well. The command to be baptized in the name. Did you catch that? Not the names. Now, there's some churches that are pretty close to like faith of our doctrine, that when they baptize somebody, they baptize them Three times in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You hear that noise? That's the water. So, and uh, there's several churches actually that do that. They baptize in that, and they want to make sure they cover all the bases. Well, I, I understand that. You don't have to do that. Because when you got saved, you got all three. When you get baptized... You're recognizing all three. What's pastor say when he's up there? I'm baptizing you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's in his name that we baptize. So there is yet an example. The Trinity as the attributes of God. There's so many attributes of God that we take for granted. The fact that he's eternal. The fact that he has infinite power. Think about that. Infinite power power right there's a lot of talk right now of our power grids like if our power grid goes down what do we do are you a prepper do we not do we worry about it how, how are we going to survive infinite unlimitless we can't even fathom that omniscience omnipresence um, omnipotent the power holiness truth all these and i want us to look at just a couple as the scripture relates to the father the son and the holy spirit let's think about his being him being eternal Let's think about him being eternal. It says in, in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 2, where the Father is from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world. Let me pause right there at that comma, because we have some great tools living where we live, known as the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. 
Um, the great resources, great visuals, great hands-on that helps us to understand these truths about Scripture. Before the mountains were brought forth, we can't fathom that. We, we can't understand eternity past. We struggle with eternity future. You may be thinking right now you're living in eternity future. Wrap it up, Pastor, right? It, eternity. We, we can't... Because we live in a, a vacuum known as time. From before, he's outside of time. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God, our Father, is eternal. What about the Son? It says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, it talks about Jesus Christ being the Alpha and the Omega. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, Almighty. Man, it sounds like there needs to be an amen at the end of that one, doesn't it? Who, who is and who was and who is to come. Mm -mm -mm. That puts that emphasis on who our Savior is. What, what's the question? You're going to question who he is? He has no beginning and he has no end. You have a beginning and you have an end. And we're going to question the one who has no beginning and has no end. Think about eternal as it relates to the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 when it talks about the, the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, say eternal spirit, Offered himself without spot to God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So when we talk about being eternal, um, he's there. One I'm not going to cover, but even at creation, the, the, the Trinity was there. Was there. God spoke and it happened. It says in Colossians that Christ, all things, he was there. Christ was made for. He's preeminent over all things. And I love this part. It says there's a spirit of of God was hovering the earth. I don't think the Spirit of God was bored at that moment. Had no place to go. That's not what the text is saying. But the Spirit of God was there. And of course we know the first time we see a word in the Hebrew used for God, it's Elohim, which is a plural word. Why in the world would we have a plural word if there wasn't this triune of our God? Think about the Infinite power, a power source. We live in a day now where everything needs to be charged, right? We got to keep things charged. Uh, Caitlin was going out last night and she goes, oh, my phone, it's going to die. And I heard Alex say, what's it at? It's at 50%. It, 50%, that's half. It's half full, it's half empty. See, see, what, see what we did there? But we always want to know, where's the next power source, right? Got to have that charger for the phone. Got to have the plug-in for the car. Got to have it. We got to make sure all bases are covered. You can have a backup charger now. To, okay. <laughs> Infinite power. Something that we cannot fathom. Pastor Rick is a science teacher. He had the, um, uh, as a, I don't think it was a field trip. I think he went as a teacher to learn about how power plants work. He went to Dayton, I think it was, and he said, man, I learned some pretty cool stuff. He said, there's only three ways of getting power, sun, water, or wind. That, that, that's it. I said, I never really thought about that, but you're right. Okay, that makes sense. And he goes, you know, the other thing that I didn't know is we can only hold about two to three days worth of energy. 
We, that's all that our, our energy companies can hold is two to three days of it. You can't store it that much energy. I thought that was interesting too. But when you think of our God having infinite power, those aren't issues. Those are not issues. He doesn't run out like the Energizer Bunny. Someday will. He, he will not run out of power. As we think about the Father and His infinite power, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Again, you can turn there as I'm rattling these off. Spencer's going to put them on the board. We typically don't do this but because I feel like a game show host. I keep going like that. But uh, we want the Scripture. We're going to throw a lot at you, see what sticks. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. By the way, he's talking about the believer there. You are kept by him. People will say, well, I've come to Christ, but pastor, I feel like I'm failing and I'm, he, I, I'm just I'm backsliding to the point where I don't think I'm saved anymore. You're not keeping yourself. He's keeping you. He's keeping you through faith for salvation, ready to be, to be revealed in the last day. Infinite power. There's the Father. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, we see the Son. What does it say about the Son? He says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, this is a sidebar and we'll get right back to it. You may have something going on in your life that you don't like or don't understand. Physical, money, people, whatever. You may have something going on that you don't fully understand and don't like. As a child of God, remember, these things happen so that the power of Christ can rest upon you. We need opposition for us, A, to grow, but also to experience Christ. You learn more from your adversities than you do from your victories. Infinite power as it relates to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 19. Um, it talks about how the Holy Spirit, and again, we're not going to re read every one of these, but as it talks about uh, the Holy Spirit, there's signs and wonders were, were wrought. How? By the power of the Spirit of God. Are you starting to see something here? That if you have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit working in your life, how do you lose there is a way you lose, is when you choose not to believe and receive. When you, choose to, when you choose to not do it his way, not trust and obey. And by the way, trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. We do need to trust and we need to obey. But sometimes you've got to obey even when you don't even trust. Just do. Just do what's right. Just do what's right before God. Let's talk about his omniscience, the fact that he's all-knowing. Jeremiah 17, 10, as it relates to our Heavenly Father, it says that he searches the heart. He knows our heart. He knows the crevices of our, of our, our mind and our emotions where we try to hide what's really going on. He knows those areas. It talks about the sun in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20, 23. It talks about, in fact, we'll read this one. Um, where it uh, talks about Christ. He said, I will kill her children with death. When I was reviewing this this morning, I thought, man, maybe I won't read this one and leave that part out because it sounds so harsh. 
But this one I want to read on purpose. We are accountable before Christ as a church. He's talking about the, the seven churches here in Revelation. It doesn't end well for them. We are responsible for church as a church body. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. This is Christ speaking, and I will give to each one of you according to their works. He knows. He knows. I think it's vitally important for us as a church body to be striving with some sweat to be well-pleasing to him. Where do you put your energies and your efforts the most? Is it in your finances? You know, being super disciplined in your finances? Is it, is it in your body? Like, I want to be in shape. You know what I've given up on? Well, I've almost given up on the six-pack. I, I got like a three, a two-and-a-half pack. That, that, that's all I can do. It's all I got. Um, I've come to realize you hit a certain age. Where reality just kind of has to settle in. And so does body mass. Settles in. But we put so much, so much effort into our bodies that don't last. We need to be well-pleasing to him with effort. Not as the day kind of happens. Yeah, the day is, you got to greet each day with as it comes. And I'm not saying don't, don't be disciplined in all these other areas as well. To be well-pleasing to him, it might be going to hurt a little bit. But it's for his glory and your good. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, as we talk about his omniscience, how that the Holy Spirit knows everything. The Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 11 says, Even so the things of God knoweth no man. But the Spirit of God. There's a great reason right there for you to really embrace the Holy Spirit in your life. You may think, but we're Baptists. We don't do that. That's exactly what we do because he's embraced us. We get scared sometimes. We don't know how to, how to what do we do with this? The Holy Spirit, I don't know how to approach it. The things of God, no, we can't know the heart and the mind of God, but the Spirit does. And since he's indwelt within me, how about I line up with him? And he'll show me the heart and the mind of God our Father. And the list goes on and on. We could talk about his omniscience, how the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all have scripture to talk about his omniscience. We could talk about his holiness, the fact that he's perfect and without blemish. The Father in, in, in Revelation 15, the Son in Acts chapter 3, and the Spirit in Romans chapter 1 are all holy and perfect without blemish. We could talk about truth, how that the Father in John chapter 7 uh, uh, references to him being the truth. Jesus says uh, in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? In the Holy Spirit as well. We see in 1 John chapter 5 uh, that the Spirit bears witness. The, why? Because the Spirit is truth. And it goes on. It goes on. I've got pages upon pages. Look at all these pages of the attributes of God and the scriptures that go with them that talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. From the scripture comes back to the Trinity. It's a beautiful thing. It's not far-fetched. 
It's not, he's not distant to the believer. Now, if you're feeling today like, Pastor, I got the look. I took a shower this morning. I'm cleaned up. I'm here and I'm smiling. But I'm a thousand miles away. He knows. There's, there's no way of being out of the reach, the arm's reach of our loving Father. And that's a good thing. Well, our time is spent this morning on these thumbnail sketch of the teaching of the doctrine of Trinity. There's a lot, lot more. If you are inquisitive, see me. I will put the resources in your hand and they will all stem from the word of God. So back, how are we going to complete this circle? Back to the beginning, I said there was three types of people here. One that's never heard this before. Right? We have teens in here and uh, that have maybe don't really, yeah, mom and dad said it or Awana says it. Maybe new life has even touched it. And uh, something about the Trinity, I'm good. But I've never heard it. Does it really matter? The other group of going, I'm saved, does it matter? Come on, I'm good. I just did. And then the third group of being, wow, that's our God. My hope for you is that you move to that third group that would just see the truth of the scripture, see the truth of our God and just, just embrace the fact, embrace the fact that he's everywhere at all times looking out for your best interests. Not what you think is your best interest, but what he says is his, your best interest and it's going to bring him glory. And there it is. Are you willing to live your life in such a way that makes his name famous. I'm speaking to the Christian now. I'm speaking to the believer. If you're a guest or visitor today and you're like, how do I? I've been doing all kinds of things and I feel like I'm not bringing him any glory. To the Christian, we live as unto him. For the person who's trying to figure this, do I want to cross that line of faith? You're not going to be able to do enough anyways. You're always going to fall short. What does he want? He wants you. He wants your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He just wants you. He wants your problems. He wants your sin. He wants your addictions. He wants your strongholds. He wants your garbage. He wants your attitude. He wants all the... He wants your financial trouble. He wants... He wants those things that he will make something right and good and embracing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from creation to salvation to eternity helps you to get your mind on who He is. Let's bow for a word of prayer, if we may. I was also thinking this morning of why we come to church or have church is one way of phrasing it. Before I have this prayer, I was want to share this. I was thinking, why do we do this? Sometimes you may think, well, I get more out of pastor just meeting you on the side, just me and you for an hour during a weekday. 
Well, you don't always come just for what you get. You come to you come and meet as a church body because it's commanded so that you come to give and you receive a blessing. We need each other is what the scripture teaches us. But first and foremost, you need him. Dear Lord, bless our time together. I pray that we would, it would have been good. It would have been educational. We would have stepped closer to you having heard your word. Thank you for the attentiveness this morning. But Lord, don't leave us as we are. Continue to change and grow us in a way that you see fit because of what's good and right. Lord, in a moment, Andrew's going to play a song. We're going to have an invitation. It's a time of prayer. It's a time of coming and maybe laying down an area of our life as a believer that is just not honoring unto you. It may be, Lord, I've been playing a game and I need to put the game down and pick up the cross. Not because it's working hard, but because it's relaxing and it's freeing. It's freeing not to carry that sin load any longer. So whatever you need to work, Holy Spirit, in a way that you want to work, we'll be welcome recipients as this song plays and people have the opportunity to come forward and do any business that they may have. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand with us as Andrew leads us in this song? I'll be standing right here. If you want me to pray with you, I'm more than willing to do that. But won't you come as this time of prayer now proceeds? Just as I am without one clean, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to
seated just for a moment as the ushers come and get in their places we'll ask a blessing on the uh, offering as it's given uh, this week so let's pray father we thank you for this day and and thank you for the blessings and thank you for your word that proves uh, that you are God you're our one God in three persons we thank you for that Lord we pray that you just bless the offering that's given today use it to meet the needs here at cross point we give you the thanks in Jesus name I pray amen All right, several things to announce, and I have a few visual uh, displays as well. So uh, the first announcement is that tonight we have our election of officers. Hopefully you got a worship folder. Um, there should have been a ballot in there. This is just a sample ballot. It's not an official ballot, but this is what uh, we will vote on tonight. So be in prayer about that. If you're a member of our church, be here um, to vote for our, our officers for 2020. Um, That'll begin at 6.30, and we will still have our LifePoint Bible study groups. That should only take a very small portion of time, and then we will separate out into our Bible study groups um, for this evening. The second announcement is that we have volleyball that begins on Tuesday. Uh, it'll be at Nothing But Net from 6 to 8 p.m., and we have our, our sign-up sheet. If you have not looked at this yet, be sure to look at this out. The Welcome Center has all the teams. Um, I'm sure it's probably not too late to sign up if you, if you haven't had a chance and you'd like to be a part of this. Um, be sure to sign up at the Welcome Center. But again, those of you who've signed up, um, these are the teams, and this will be out at the Welcome Center for you to look at. Six to eight, that'll be every Tuesday uh, in March. The third announcement is that we have our family, uh, family night on Wednesday at 6.30. The fourth announcement is that we will have our grief share uh, ministry begin this Thursday at 6 o'clock. So uh, for those of you who have lost a loved one in the recent past or even the distant past, and you would like to be a part of that, it is a very enriching ministry. I've been a part of it a couple of times, and I would encourage it highly. If you have any questions about Grief Share, be sure to ask either Pastor or Peggy Taylor, and they can answer those questions for you. With that, you are dismissed.